Oh, hey. Hey, glad you could make it. I've uh, got my tea. Order your favorite drink and pull up a seat. I know we often don't get a chance to do this, do we? To slow down and attend to something. Especially something as everyday as what it means to know. Think about it. What does it mean to know something? Of course, I know there's no shortage of answers to that question, but I'd like to consider, of all that knowing is, that it's not less than relationship. It's to enter a kind of companionship. To know means to be known. And if all knowing is companionship, then care would always be at its core. Okay, right. Why, why does that matter? That's a, that's a good question. It matters because how we see shapes what we find, and that shapes us. So if knowing really is a kind of companionship, we'd have to ask, how would that change what we find, and how would that change us? Now, as we think about that, you and I, as we're sitting here, we're also sitting in, in a bigger context. So I think it would be most helpful to start there. What are the two things that shape you and I the most when it comes to how we think about what knowing is? And I'd say it comes down to two primary things that shape us the most. It would come down to when knowing is something you do from a distance as a removed observer, and second, when one thing warps how we experience everything, almost a, a tunneled experience. So let's start there. Let's start from a distance and make our way through a tunnel. Okay, I, I'd like you to imagine with me that we're standing on a distant and cold peak. I know, no, seriously, I know. We're, we're, we probably think we're too adult to um, use our imaginations, but humor me for a moment. Can you hear the wind? Do you feel a growing chill? Oh, <laughs> well, it's been some time since I've been up here. It does seem like a cold way to attend to something, doesn't it? And, of course, if you look over there, we've got a, a periscope, a map, never a lack of tools to make up for the distance. And it's ironic, here, so far removed from everything, to be so concerned with accuracy. All the while, the word accurate means to care towards. But in this cold disposition, it drains every drop of intimacy until knowing from a distance twists life into being a thing that is observed instead of an experience that you inhabit. All things that were personal become propositional. Oh, but what was situated and touchable becomes abstract and set at a distance we can no longer touch. Think about it. Even our words up here have become inanimate. Thing used to mean a group of people that gathered around to discuss an important matter. And before fathom turned into a measurement of about six feet, it meant something which embraces with outstretched arms. Oh, but yes, to give the devil its due, you're right. Maybe we think by taking ourselves out of the picture, by sitting up here alone, we'll evade distorting what we're observing. But even though you and I both know we've come from somewhere, we often forget that there's no such thing as a view from nowhere. Objectivity is always someone's perspective. 
No, it's better to engage knowing it's you who's engaging than pretending to be removed by sitting so far off. If we treat knowing as a cold, distant, and detached experience, it won't sit idly by. It, it intrudes on all of life, forcing itself on everything, shaping our very souls. Well, to know is to be vulnerable. Desiring to know anything exposes you. But if, if we'd rather stay up here, thinking that we're safe by keeping at a distance, opening ourselves up to nothing, well, this cold distance will change us. We become the, the very icy distance we've chosen as our companions, and in the end, no matter how you and I try to keep out of it, even the distance becomes a companion whose presence shakes us. Whew. Okay, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, it's too cold to stay up here. If we're trying to know what's true, let's come down already and walk closer in. But if you and I want to understand, we have to open ourselves. If we want to fathom anything, we have to be willing to embrace. It'll get overwhelming, we won't feel in control, we'll be swept off our feet and, and we'll stumble along the way. Okay, see, it's, it's not too bad using your imagination, is it? Metaphor's often a great friend that can help carry us across to understanding. So let's consider this first challenge, this uh, disposition of distance. Well, take the last thing that you set out to know. Do you ever have a sense of a growing chill, a growing distance between you and whatever it is that you're trying to understand? Are you surrounded by tools? Are you surrounded more by propositions than persons? How did you go about trying to know whatever it was you were coming to? Did you do it from a distance, far removed? Or did you step right into the thick of it? And you're right, it's not to say that tools and measuring or to be objective is wrong. Of course not, we, we all benefit from that. It's when this one way of attending to life becomes the only way that we experience life. And really that does bring us to the next challenge, the tunnel. Oh, well, now that we've headed down and closer in, we have to make our way through a narrow passage here in the rock. We can get trapped in here, and, and people often do, but we can't go around it. We have to go through it. And this is one of life's greatest dangers, when only knowing one thing, it distorts how you and I perceive everything. And here, everything you'll experience is forced through this narrow bottleneck. It's, it's really unnatural. All we're perceiving right now is crammed through this confined passage. You think you're experiencing something true, but it's bent, it's skewed. A distorted phantom of what it truly is. An echo. Now the outside. When you go through this, you'll start to be able to know when you're doing it again. And it will happen again. Whoa, watch your step. You're right, it's getting too uncomfortable. We have to press forward, though. And just like the company of that distant cold shaped us, so does the presence of this tunnel. And we don't want to linger here. 
The longer you and I linger here, the narrower this tunnel becomes, until hunched and bent, eyes to the ground we crawl ever more crammed until this finally becomes our catacomb. And do you hear that? That echo? It may appear one way, but we both know what we're experiencing is really a false representation. Keep, keep stepping forward. Well, that was claustrophobic. But can you see, like the walls of a tunnel, when we allow one thing to dictate how we come to know anything, it confines us in everything we're trying to know. It could be our context, our culture, any subject that we've come to understand, even a specific pathway to knowledge like science or reason. It could even be a metaphor that restricts when we use it to view everything. For example, uh, one that has gripped us for over 300 years, the machine. All things simply a part of a giant mechanism. The entire universe, merely a giant system of cogs. Everything, a linear chain of cause and effect. Our environment, our brains, our very beings. Simply clockwork. Or, like we explored in The Distant Cold, linger too long and your objectivity ends up objectifying all of life. Everything merely a thing to be used at our disposal. And the company that you and I keep doesn't just shape us. It shapes entire cultures. So again, how can you and I tell that this is happening? How can we tell that we're in a tunnel? Well, are you and I surrounded by echoes? Is too much of what you and I already know simply being reflected back to us and what we're trying to come to know? until this thing we're trying to know is only a confirmation of the one thing that you've clung to. Take books or the news or anything you're trying to read. Are you in the constant company of a voice that dismisses everything that doesn't fit this narrow view? Or does it try and twist it just to confirm what you already know? Are people becoming ever shallower echoes hollow and simplified caricatures cramped on a restrictive stage. Do you find yourself ever more alone, unable to surround yourself with others? This is something you and I will face again and again. And sometimes it begins simply because we fall in love with something we've come to know. But if we linger there too long, slowly it seems to have us more than we have it. And we become hunched blind to what's really around us. Because to know anything, we have to give it space so that we can welcome it for what it really is. We have to give it time to disclose itself. We can't rush it and cram it through any preconceived notions that you and I have. And it's why, in the end, knowing must be something we do in company with one another and never always alone. We can pull each other up and pull each other out of our own tunnels before they become our own tumors. <laughs> well, on that cheery note, are you starting to sense it? When we're coming to know anything, we are never just acting on something separate out there. We shape what we attend to, and it shapes us. All knowing is a form of companionship, and we should attend to the company we keep. I, I think that's all we have time for today, but if you want to come back, I have a few other places to show you. 
like the observatory, where looking out to the future is really looking deeper into ourselves, where we find that our ability of response is actually our greatest responsibility. And at the taxidermists, we'll experience what happens when we try and pin down everything we're trying to know, and how the constant company of certainty reveals itself to be a brute. And maybe we'll have enough time to enjoy a refresher or two at the beer hall, where song and dance show us how things disclose themselves and disclose us. You'll get to meet some of my companions, some you can agree with, others to disagree with. In fact, you can think of this as a small town, a town of company, and it's no great city because I have my limits, but you'll be able to go beyond what I can show you here, and then you can come and invite me to join you. And that's why we all need one another, and what life is really about. To know and be known, it's the one thing we long, and there's no other beauty as being where we belong. This is being in company. And since you and I have just started setting out on this journey, between now and the next time we meet, go ahead and invite a friend. I know that the dialogue will make this a much richer experience. And if you would like to continue the conversation, go ahead and reach out to me. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'll put my name and the link in the show notes. And hey, I really appreciate the time that you've taken so far. Thank you for your company.